Amen. Have you ever sinned? Yeah, that's what I thought. Me too. How do you feel about your sin? I think for some, and I don't know, it's like it's been a long time. I've been a Christian a really long time. You know, and, and it's been a long time since I stole bubble gum from the gas station. Long time. Um, maybe I'm not so bad. Does that ever creep in with you? Um, it's a funny question to talk about sin and have you sinned and how much you know you're a sinner. As part of my, uh, one of the things I've learned in Seattle for the, my training, the guy says if you don't, if you're not willing to go to the depths of Friday, then you don't get to go to the heights of Sunday. Well, what's he talking about? The, the cross, the death, and the resurrection. And if you just have a little shallow bit of death, then you can only have just a little bump of life and resurrection. But the deeper you go into the Friday, the suffering, the pain, the sin, then the more, the higher the resurrection is. Right? Like Jesus said, for those who have been saved little, they receive little grace. And those who've been saved a lot receive lots of grace. Well, of course... We all have the same level of sin, right? It's enough to cause death. But what do you think of that? What do you think of your sin? It's easy for me to think of someone like, say, Hitler as the spawn of Satan, right? He's just evil incarnate for killing all those people. Um, Yeah, it's true. But my sin has the exact same consequences to me as his sin did to him. The separation from God, the eternal damnation of my soul. And so does yours. And so it's, it's kind of fun and nice to think about all those people who are so much worse than me. But I want to break the comparison right now. Sin is not a comparison between two people. Sin is a comparison between you and the righteousness of God. Have you violated the righteousness of God? Yes. Jesus described you in the Sermon on the Mount as a murderer. Whether you've actually killed anyone or not, right? He said, you have read that Thou shalt not murder. But I tell you, if you hate your brother, you're guilty. Right? You ever hated anybody? Jesus says you're a murderer. He goes on to say that we should not commit adultery. But if you've lusted after something in your heart, you have already committed adultery. Um... There's lots of words we use these days to describe our sin. We use words like uh, stumble. I stumbled. Oops. Or we use words like uh, mistake. Or we say that we're broken. It's my brokenness that caused that. Or we say, well, I'm just human. Or we say, well, it's just my flesh. And all those are true. 
There's nothing wrong with those words. But they kind of take the blow and the sting out of sin, don't they? Um, I believe that's one of our enemies. One of the plans of his is to minimize our sin so that we don't realize the depth of our depravity. Um, But mankind is in a bad place. Wouldn't you agree? And I'm old, and there was a comedian way back in the 70s, Flip Wilson, and he used to say, the devil made me do it. You remember him? That was funny. We like that idea, don't we? That I sin because of you. If you wouldn't have done this, then I wouldn't have done that. So my sin, you see, really is your fault. That's pretty comforting, isn't it? To think that the reason I sin is because of external forces. You did something to me and made me sin. Um, Jesus has a different view of it. This was working a minute ago. Maybe if I turn it on. Mark chapter 7. (coughs) Jesus said, What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Oh, I'd like to have someone else to blame, wouldn't you, for my sin? But it's, it's me. It came out of my heart. The evil thoughts come. And then the evil actions come. So when we sin, we are without excuse. It's my fault. I did that. I sinned. I am guilty. Now, sometimes we say it's because of somebody else's thing that happened to me that made me sin. And sometimes we say it's because of of God. It's God's fault. But that's just not true. God is innocent. He does not make any of us sin, nor put us in circumstances where we have to sin, ever. Um, I sinned against God And God did not deserve that from me. See what I'm saying? It wasn't God's fault. I did not sin in response to something God did to me. Rather, the evil that was in me came out and produced sin and defiles a person. But in Isaiah chapter 1, God says, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. God wants to settle the matter. Now, let's be clear. Your sin is a big thing. Right? See the contrast here of scarlet white as snow your sins are blood red and God wants you to be white as snow 
Your sin matters. I th- maybe it's just that, especially as you get older, you get comfortable with your sin. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that big a deal, this sin I do. It's not like it's a new thing. I've been doing it a long time. I really don't know what the harm, and God knows, and I, I confess it every now and then, and it's really not a big deal. It's not that bad, and it's way less than it used to be. It's down to a manageable level. You ever play that through your head? That's just not true. Your sin is a big deal. Now I know as I'm sitting here talking about this, that comparison thing wants to come back up, and I want to say, but I'm not as bad as you right that's a terrible game to play because when we get to heaven god's not going to say here line up let me put you in the order who had an acceptable level of sin you come over here oh but you had too much sin you go over there that's not the way it works have you sinned then you're in the pile of sinners And God wants to make it right. He wants to change you from scarlet back into white as snow. He wants to change you from red crimson to white wool. But it's interesting. Um, So he says, that's Isaiah chapter 1 and Isaiah 43. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. God, who wants to make everything right, he wants to blot out your transgressions. Take them away, that he will remember your, excuse me, remember your sins no more. So here we are in this condition of being scarlet red, covered with the guilt and shame and contempt of our sins. And God wants to make that right, to blot them out and to remember our sins no more. And God is the one that has to do that. He is the one that has the power and the authority to blot out our sins. I can't do it. You can't do it. He must do it. But do you know, God can't just say, never mind. Your sins are dealt with. It's not just with the wave of God's hand that you are forgiven. Salvation must be purchased and bought. In Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. God cannot just forgive our sins because he says, never mind, it's okay, you get a pass. There is a consequence of sin, and there is a penalty that must be paid for sin, for your sin, for my sin. And that consequence and that penalty is the shedding of blood. Not the blood of sheep and goats and bulls. But the blood of the one and only Son of Jesus Christ, the Lamb who is worthy. Ephesians 1. Oh, that's awesome. I don't have that verse, sorry. Ephesians 1, 7 says this. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. 
in him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. Our redemption is the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins is our redemption. What kind of redemption, what kind of forgiveness do we receive? In accordance with the riches of God's grace. God's grace is immeasurable and it covers my sins. Jesus redeems us through his blood. The blood that was shed on the cross. His death on the cross was the payment of my sin so that I could be forgiven. All right, so we've gone through all the basics of everything that you already knew. I just wanted to lay it out again. You have sinned. There's nothing you could do about it. God did the work through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you can be forgiven. Now let me ask you, how much have you been forgiven of? What do you think of your own sin? <laughs> I know it's uncomfortable to sit there, but I would ask you to sit there in a minute, for a minute, with your own sin. You know what you've done? Do you know who you've done it to? Do you know the consequence of your sin? The impact it has had on this world? The people that you know and love or maybe you don't love and yourself? Do you feel that weight? Um, our Creator God made us so that we would love Him. And we basically, in defiance of Him, have said, no. I'll, I'll do it my own way. And so we went off and did it our own way. We found life in our own things. We found our own pleasure. We found our own freedom. We found our own life. We found our own joy. All the while telling God to buzz off. Leave me alone. I got this, God. I don't need you. Anybody here a parent of a child who's told them they hate you? Yeah, how's that feel? Right. See, that's what we did to God our Father. And I don't know about you. I, <clears throat> I can think and list, and I don't want to, and I'm not going to here in public, but I can list to you many of my sins that when I consider what I have done, the shame and contempt that comes with what I've done is immense. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? You know what you've done? Jesus Christ forgave that. Fully and completely paid the price of your sin. A lot of times, like in the court systems, they have something called restitution. And that's like, if I destroyed your car then I'm supposed to pay you back for the damage I did to you. Which is a, a nice concept. But do you realize the sin that you have done to other people? There is no way in the world for you to make restitution. Now how do you feel? 
right? You've harmed someone and you cannot make it right. Jesus forgives that sin. Jesus pays the price for that sin. I'm sorry this is heavy this morning. But we've got to get to the bottom of this depth of our sin and what was required to make us white as snow. It, it wasn't just a, you know, the wave of the hand. Never mind. It's okay. It didn't matter. It did matter. You violated your loving Heavenly Father's plan and desire for your life. You told Him to get out of your life. You had it. You didn't need Him. I don't need you, God. Leave me alone. I got this. Right? At the very least, you turned your back on your loving Heavenly Father. Now I've got to tell you, <clears throat> one of my sins that I will confess this morning, maybe you can relate, and it's a sin that I don't even like to talk about. It's embarrassing. Worse than embarrassing. Here, here, here it is. There are some times when I know what God wants me to do, He has communicated me something to do. And I don't believe Him. I know. It overwhelms me. My loving Heavenly Father communicates to me and I say, God, I don't think you're telling me the truth. I don't think that's right. I think this sounds like a better thing than that, God. Now see, let's turn this around and make it personal. Let's say that you tell me, hey Tony, next Friday, 7 o'clock, I'm going to come to your house, pick you up, and we're going to go eat supper. I say, all right. Friday night, 7 o'clock, you pull up at my house. Lights are off. You come up and knock on the door. I don't come to the door. You call my cell phone. You, you hear noise and stuff in the background and you say, Hey, hey Tony, it's Friday night, 7 o'clock. Uh, I'm at your house. I was going to take you out for supper. And I say to you, <laughs> Really? <laughs> I didn't believe you. I didn't think you'd come. So I went out with somebody else. And, and then you tell me, Okay, Tony, but next Friday night, 7 o'clock, really, I'd like to go out to supper with you. I say, okay, next Friday night, sorry, I'll be there. Next Friday night comes, you pull up at the house, the lights are off, you knock, no one comes to the door. You call me again, and I say, oh, I, I didn't think you'd come. How do you feel right now? I didn't believe you twice. What do you think of me? What do I think of you? You understand what I'm saying about unbelief? And how nasty of a sin unbelief is? And who here in the sound of my voice is not guilty of unbelief? And Jesus went to the cross and died to pay the for the, pen, the penalty and the sin of my unbelief. Now look, I understand. 
If you don't know God and you don't believe him, that's one thing. How long have you been following God? I've been following God for decades. And there are still times when I don't believe him. How do you make light of that? How do you say I'm, I'm trying to manage that? How do you say I'm trying to get my unbelief under control? None of that works for me, friends. All I can do, oh God, I did it again. I didn't believe you. I'm without excuse. Thanks be to God for the forgiveness of my sins through Jesus Christ. Right? He forgives me. The accuser comes at me with shame and contempt. And God says, no, that, that sin's forgiven. It's been dealt with. What happens after Jesus forgives my sin? What happens? I've gone from scarlet to white as snow. I have been restored to God. Right? Now, I believe that all of my sins were forgiven at the time I accepted the forgiveness from Jesus Christ. I don't believe it's a wash, rinse, repeat. That I sin and then I get forgiveness and I sin and I get forgiveness. Jesus paid the price for all of my sins. It's not giving me license to continue to sin. But my sin does not violate my relationship with God now because Jesus Christ has paid the price of all of my sins. But I need to confess and repent my sins. Right? And the joy of my salvation comes back every time. But the price Jesus paid for my sins was huge. It was a price that I could not pay and I did not deserve. Yet Jesus paid the price for me. <laughs> and now, the penalty of my sin has been paid. I've been set free. You understand the depth of this pit that we're climbing up out of now because of the work of Jesus Christ to the heights of glory that we go to now because of the, the major price that Jesus paid for us? So I, I know you, I drug you way down to the bottom of the pit, and I'm sorry. But that's where our sin takes us. And it is only the gift of Jesus Christ, life in Jesus Christ, that raises us to the heights of glory, that we are seated with him in the heavenly realms now because our sins are forgiven. But it doesn't mean our sin didn't matter, and it doesn't mean that our sin didn't come at a cost. And the cost was death, and Jesus Christ paid it for you. Right, So you've seen the court scene in your head that the judge is on the throne and you've been declared guilty of your sins. And the sentence comes down and the penalty is death. And Jesus says, uh, I'll die for him. I'll die for her. That's what happened in your court scene. You were determined guilty and you received the death penalty. And Jesus died in your place. So that you could have life. And now you have life. And you have life to the full. 
The penalty of your sin has been removed. The shackles have been taken off. You've been set free. Do you feel that weight off of you now? It's because of Jesus Christ and what he paid. I'm holy. I'm righteous. I'm forgiven. I never have to sin again. I've been set free. The bad news for some of you is that was the introduction to today's sermon. Here's the verse about today's sermon. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Wow. Right? You have agreements with someone? If you're living, you do. (laughs) You've been fouled. Then the instruction is to forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive what? Everything. Forgive who? Everyone. Forgive everyone for everything. How do you do that? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How did he forgive you? You wronged God. Was it God's fault that you sinned? No. Might it be that you also played a role in someone else's sin against you? Might be. Maybe you're completely innocent. Might be. Does that have an impact on the need to forgive? Not a bit. Doesn't matter. Could be completely 100% their fault. What's the command? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How did God forgive you? Not with a wave of the hand. Oh, never mind. It's no big deal. That's not forgiveness. Sin has to be paid for. That's how you forgive sin, by the shedding of blood. Whose blood was shed for your forgiveness? Jesus. Whose blood was shed so that you can forgive someone else? Jesus. The same blood that covers your sin is the same blood you use to cover someone else's sin against you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. What am I saying? What's it look like to forgive someone? It does not look like this. Oh, never mind. It didn't matter. They're just wounded. They didn't mean to hurt me. It's no big deal. I'll get over it. Just forget about it. Let's just go on. I'm tired of talking about it. None of that is forgiveness, my friends. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is this. You hurt me. And the blood of Jesus covers that. So I forgive you. And they are now white as snow. Bear with each other 
and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. The offense is removed. And unity and harmony is returned to the relationship, at least as far as it depends on you. So, got anybody you need to forgive? What are you waiting on? Today is the day of forgiveness. God has forgiven you. God did not deserve what you did to him. And he sent his son to pay the price so that you could be restored, be redeemed. And that's what he wants you to offer the people in your life. That same redemption and freedom through Jesus Christ. And I know if you haven't done it, and if you have some people on your list that you just can't forgive, I know all the excuses and reasons why you just can't forgive. I just want to tell you those are all lies. And here's the truth. You cannot be free until you have forgiven them. You think you're keeping them in bondage by not forgiving them for what they've done. But the truth is you're keeping yourself in bondage by not forgiving them. And if you want to have life and freedom, you've got to choose to forgive. Not blowing it off, not saying it didn't matter, not just moving on. No, specifically saying, Jesus paid the price for that wrong you did against me. And I release you. I forgive you. In the power of Jesus' name. can change everything about you to be set free. You can't love someone you haven't forgiven. We have to love. So we have to forgive. And it is the most life-giving thing in the world to be forgiven and to forgive others. This is with great joy that we look at this, not sorrow and sadness. I know. Remember the pit we were in because of the consequence of our sin. That's what we're trying to keep someone else in. But oh no, they need life and freedom too. And that's what is offered through Jesus Christ and his shed blood. In Romans chapter 2 it says, that it is the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Somebody need to repent? Be kind to them. What's the ultimate way you can be kind to someone? Forgive them. That's what leads men to repentance. It's kindness. That's what led you. That's what led me. Oh boy. What a path we've been on this morning. Of going down to the depths of our sin. And understanding price that had to be paid so that I could be set free and then knowing that that same thing is available to others when I forgive them the way God forgave me wow talk about power and impact we have on the world to forgive 
to change lives through forgiveness. Ours and theirs. This is powerful things, my friends. The power to forgive, it's in your hands through the price that Jesus Christ paid to forgive as the Lord forgave you. Jesus, first, thank you for forgiving us our sins. Oh, first, forgive us for minimizing and making light of our own sin. Jesus, you know the depths. You know the price that was required to pay for our sins. And you were willing to pay that for me and everyone else. And we're overwhelmed by your mercy and grace as you set us free from our sins. That we have forgiveness washed white as snow because of your blood, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for life and freedom. Now as we consider those around us, Jesus, is there someone that I need to forgive? Bring their name to mind right now. Is there someone I need to forgive? And in the power of your name, Jesus, and with the power of your blood, I forgive them for what they did to me. It hurt me. I was wronged. But I no longer hold them accountable. I cover it with your blood, Jesus. Your blood is sufficient to pay for the price of their sin against me. Set them free. Set me free by the power of your name, Jesus. Jesus, remind us to do this over and over as we forgive those around us, that we set ourselves and other people free. God, it is your kindness that leads men to repentance. We have experienced your kindness, and it has changed our hearts. So we thank you for the life and freedom we have. We thank you for the complete, total forgiveness we have received by the blood of Jesus. And we bring your cross against the lies of the enemy that said it didn't work or it wasn't enough or that we're too much or that we are not forgiven by your blood. Because the truth is this. We are white as snow, changed from scarlet to white wool by the power of your blood, Jesus. Praise be to your name. And we thank you. Amen.